Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Monday, January 13th, 2020. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the 2020 Oscar nominations. This is Slash Film Editor-in-Chief Peter Serrata, and joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film Weekend Editor, Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. And writer, Y Tren Bui. Hey, everyone. Okay, so this morning, everybody got up early to... Uh, for the Oscar nominations, basically, you know, in advance of the Academy Awards, they announce all the nominated films. This is, you know, a big shindig that happens every year. And always there's surprises, there's snubs. Uh, we'll get to that. Uh, but I guess let's let's go through the main categories, I guess. Or actually, HD, what, what is the big story out of this? Is it Joker? Yeah, Joker is leading the pack with 11, 11 nominations, and that's the most nominations of all the other films. Though Irishman, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and 1917 trail closely behind with 10 nominations each. But uh, it seems that Joker is the front runner for this year, and uh, uh, it's already earning a lot of ire amongst uh, film Twitter, which I, <laughs> I hate to say that word, but yes, it's uh, it's become this year's Green Book. I I think it's safe to say. Wait, what is becoming this uh, Joker? Uh, Joker has. Yeah, um, but it seems like the Academy likes it a lot. Yeah. Um, you know what? After covering this industry for fifteen years, I've uh, I've grown to like really not care about the about award season. I used to be so into it. Before I got into writing about movies, I would, you know, the Academy Awards were like my Super Bowl. Like, I would be so excited to sit down that night and like watch the Academy Awards. And uh, I don't know what it is. After <laughs> many years covering it, I've cared less and less. But uh, why should we care about the Academy Awards? Is it because, I mean, obviously there's some financial uh, stuff here, right? Like, if a film yeah. wins an Academy Award, that means that more people are going to go to see that film and also the people involved in that film will get a better chance of making something cooler and better in the future. And in addition to that, I think it's a barometer of history, right? Like we look back probably wrongfully <laughs> at like what films were, you know, nominated and won the Academy Awards in years past. Uh, 
is that why we should care? I think, yeah, you basically said it all. It's still an industry benchmark. And despite our grousing about what films got nominated, what films didn't, it still is a big barometer for what movies mattered that year and uh, has been a great launch pad for rising filmmakers. Like the reason that Greta Gerwig and Ava DuVernay have such... Uh, standing as they do now are because they got nominated for uh, Best Picture. And I don't think that if they hadn't, if they hadn't gotten those nominations, I don't think they would have quite the, um, the clout that they have now. Um, and, but, you know, the Oscars often, more often than not, get it wrong. I, I saw a tweet today uh, comparing the 11 nominations that Joker had versus the, uh, I think, four nominations that Tax Driver had and zero nominations that King of Comedy had, which is hilarious since uh the since um uh joker is very heavily inspired by both those two movies (laughs) that is funny brad what do you think like should we like how much do you care about the oscars uh i like watching them you know i enjoy when the movies that i really love uh also get championed by the academy uh but continuing that i just wish that they would get a little bit more diversified both in the representation of underrepresented uh, races and also just different kinds of stories. They're, they're always obsessed with certain kinds of movies every single year. And I wish they would just get a little bit more uh, bold and brave and really recognize movies that deserve to be recognized. It's simply because, you know, like the, the biggest bummer about, you know, things like female uh, directors not getting recognized in the best director category. It sucks because it ke- continues to keep female directors at a distance in the overall industry. You know, the reason that, uh, someone said this on Twitter, and unfortunately I forget who, but like the reason people know more about Greta Gerwig and Ava DuVernay today is because they've been nominated for Academy Awards before. Yeah. And so the, the more you nominate female directors, the more you'll get to know them and the more they'll get hired to be able to do high-profile projects and you know projects that get nominated for more Oscars. It's, it's interesting. A few years ago at the Oscars, there was the whole Oscar so white thing that happened in social media. And it, it seemed like the Academy kind of responded to that in a big way. But it, it seems to have kind of like gone back. back. Yeah, hasn't it? Like, like it seems like there's some notable filmmakers of diversity in both sex and color that are like notably missing from these awards. And we'll, we'll get to that. Okay, let's talk about the Best Picture nominees. We'll just talk about the big ones here. Uh, Best Picture, uh, we have a long list here. We have Ford vs. Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. So what do you guys think about it? HD, what, what is – are you excited about any of these, like that they, that, that they made it? And are you upset that anything didn't make it? I'm quite excited about a few of these. Uh, Parasite, for one, uh, is a major uh, nomination because not only is it the first uh, South Korean film to ever get nominated for an Oscar, it's got both a Best Picture nomination as well as Best Foreign Language Film, which makes the sixth film to ever get uh, both those categories be nominated for both those categories. And um, it was kind of something that was expected because Parasite is one of the most acclaimed films of the year and it's getting nonstop positive buzz. So people were really gunning for that best picture nomination. But one that I was really 
pleasantly surprised to see nominated because it hadn't been getting any awards buzz uh, was Little Women. And this is a film that I absolutely adore, adore, and it's getting a lot of critical praise as well. But there was that story um, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. Uh, that I men talk- don't want to see Little Women. men don't want to see Little Women. It was talking to Academy voters, uh, male Academy voters specifically, who uh, talked anonymously about how they didn't want to see Little Women because they, re- they didn't think that it was for them. And uh, they didn't ha- want to put in the time to watch it. And uh, it was something that I think was um, really stacking the odds against Little Women uh, because a lot of people hadn't seen it. Although I do think that it was starting to gain more uh, exposure and buzz after its holiday release. And I was just so happy to see its best picture nod because it's gotten the shaft in so many of the previous uh, awards uh, ceremonies, except for Saoirse Ronan uh, for Best Actress. But like all the other nominations, even Greta Gerwig didn't get a lot of Best Director nominations. She doesn't hear. But uh, I was really happy to see a Best Picture nod for Little Woman. I still have not seen Little Women. I, I'm going to have to see it. I, I know, but I've seen like two of the film adaptions to date and I've, I'm not a big fan of the, the story. I'm not a big period, you know, drama kind of guy. I I used to, I, I grew up in Massachusetts, actually not that far, I mean, you know, a drive away from the Little Women uh, house, the house uh, that I guess it was based on or written on. I don't know. I don't even know at this point. So I visited that. Like, I, 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 I don't hate little women or I, I'm not a guy that doesn't want to see a movie about little women. It's just, I, I've never, but I like Greta Gerwig so much. So I don't know. I'm going to have to give it a chance now, but I think that she has such a great modern approach to this film that I think you would really like it. Even if you don't really like period films, but also you didn't like the favorite. So I don't really know, but yeah. I do encourage you to give a chance to little woman because it is just so fantastic. And the, performances are all just stellar so it's just a a movie that fills your heart so i i I highly recommend seeing it before the oscars at least yeah uh i'm excited that marriage story made it i I knew that it was probably going to get some nominations in the acting categories but um, i'm glad it was one of my favorite films of this year and i'm glad that it's a best picture brad do you have any surprises snubs here in the best picture category uh, well, I'm very excited that Jojo Rabbit got nominated. It seemed fairly likely, uh, even though it wasn't necessarily universally received uh, by people in the critical community and in the film community. Cause some people just don't uh, accept the, the satire and how it approaches World War II and Nazis and the Holocaust. But I love that movie. I'm so glad that it got nominated. Uh, and yeah, I think that the one problem I have with this uh, run, since there's only nine films is that there should have been a 10th film nominated since they can have 10 films, and that final movie should have been The Farewell. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay, let's talk about Best Director. Or actually, Brad, if you had to pick, not what you want to win, but what is going to win? What is going to win Best Picture? I'm honestly not entirely sure, but... It's, it's, it's tough, because based on all the love for Joker today, it seems like the Academy is really in for that. But the Academy also loves movies about, you know, old Hollywood. So Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a, a frontrunner, too. So if I had to guess for sure, I, I would probably say Joker or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I feel like Scorsese is, like, so on the outs in, in New York that he he rarely gets nominations and stuff like that uh, or gets gets the statue um i should say uh i i think i think you're right i think it's it's probably going to be joker hc who, who do you think it's going to be 
<laughs> you you have a hard time separating uh, like what you want yeah, and who what it's going to be. I want to win. If it if it's Joker, I will riot. <laughs> <laughs> but I get the sinking feeling that it's Joker. Um but I do want to say one great thing about Parasite is that a lot of the Oscar um Academy voter buzz around it uh, from what I've seen on like Twitter and people who yeah. report frequently on the Oscar trail is that Parasite is one of the films that hasn't gotten any detractors yet from any of the voters. Like there are films that people say, oh, it's great, but this like um, like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it's great, but this violence or um, Irishman is great, but it's long. But Parasite, according to the the buzz, has not gotten any of that negative reactions so. you don't think it's gonna get the uh it's great but we're gonna vote for that for the foreign <laughs> film i mean probably but you know uh, you know fine it's probably joker whatever i don't care i will say this <laughs> like a joker is an exceptionally well-made film and i think in every single category except for story like it, it, it is firing on all cylinders it's just unfortunate because you know movies are a storytelling medium <laughs> So I think that script is, is pretty weak. So but I, I, I think it's probably gonna be Joker, sadly. Um but yeah, I I, I, I don't wanna be so down on Joker because I, I do think there is some you know, it is a well made film. Uh okay, let's talk about best director. Um we have uh what do we have? Five nominees here. We have the Irishman, Martin Scorsese, we have Joker, Todd Phillips, we have nineteen seventeen, Sam Mendez, we have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino, and Parasite, Bong Joon Hu. And uh what here, is there any I, I guess there's a bunch of snubs here. H C you mentioned earlier Little Women as a surprise in the best picture category. Yes. Uh Greta Gerwig's name is missing from this director list. What is yeah, going on? I think I think Greta Gerwig far and away deserves that best director slot that Todd Phillips has. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that she directs Little Women with such confidence and with such precision and with such that modern modernity to it that um, she if, if it's going to be best picture nominated it should definitely be deserve uh, it's definitely deserving that best director not and it would break up the sausage fest that is currently <laughs> inhabiting the best director um category i just i do think that greta gerwig is one of the best directors of this generation and um it's a travesty that she hasn't been nominated for this film which i actually liked even better than Lady Bird, and i um i'm upset about it i am in a rage <laughs> well you know what, Brad? You were you were excited that Jojo Rabbit was nominated for Best Picture. I actually think it should have been nominated for Best Director, not Best Picture. Are are you upset that Taika Waititi is not getting credit here? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm upset necessarily because it, it it is a category where you have have the nominations that you have for Best Picture, so someone's gotta you know get snubbed. But I would much prefer. Uh, that Taika had the nomination that Todd Phillips got for, you know. <laughs> Everybody's throwing Todd Phillips off the boat. You know, this, this, this we're on the lifeboat, and we're trying to make it to shore, and it's too heavy. Who do we throw off? Todd Phillips. Yeah, it's a pretty easy, quick answer. Um, and, yeah, I just think I think what Taika did is so much more impressive than what Todd Phillips did with Joker, since Todd Phillips mostly just copied uh, King of Comedy and put Joker in it. And Taika had a much more challenging... Uh, film to make by delicately balancing satire and hard-hitting drama 
during war times, and he did it magnificently. And he even started it as a goofy imaginary version of Hitler. So it seems <laughs> like a win to me. Yeah, and uh, one film that isn't here and isn't on anywhere, actually, is a film that I know Ben was championing. Uh, H.C., you like this film, Portrait of a Lady on Fire? Yeah, I absolutely love this film, and um, it got completely shut out of the Oscars, which is, again, just absolutely enraging because this is uh, one of the most beautiful and one of the best films of the year. Uh, Celine Sciamma should have gotten a nomination for Best Director. She should have been in the in the in Toxford at least. Um, but Portrait of Lady on Fire kind of had its chances stacked against it because France didn't nominate it for its uh, Best International Film Contender. It instead nominated Les Miserables. And uh, Portrait of Lady on Fire, it's unfortunately just uh, hasn't really been given the awards campaign that uh, Parasite has. That uh, They're both under Neon, and Neon has kind of uh, fully uh, doubled down on Parasite, uh, deservedly so. But it's sad that Portrait of Lady on Fire just kind of got left to the wayside because of that and essentially just got nom- uh, shut out of everything, including Best Director, but Best Costumes, Best Cinematography, everything. It's a beautiful, beautiful film um, and uh, really just a, a big shame. I don't know how much the people listening to this podcast know about how these award campaigns are run. I I assume that everybody's in our same bubble, but that's probably not the case. Uh, You mentioned, you know, award campaigns, and it it should be mentioned that to win an Oscar or any of these awards, for that matter, you really need – there needs to be some money thrown at it. It, it, It's almost like marketing a movie. Like there is – you know, events that are held around Hollywood. They're like to smooth and get get people excited about, you know, championing a certain film. There are like in in Hollywood, you drive down the street and there's like billboard campaigns for a four-year consideration and stuff. There's marketing like in, you know, all the magazines and you even go to like IMDb, there's like four-year consideration ads and stuff like that. So it, it's it's very tough when a distributor or studio isn't, you know, positioning a film for for awards because you're kind of at a disadvantage. Not to say that it hasn't happened, but yeah. And you can't fully blame Neon either because they are a smaller distributor, but so they had to put all their cards in one film, but it's just a it's a real shame. Okay, let's talk about uh best actor we have uh, Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory, Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Adam Driver for Marriage Story, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, and Jonathan Price for The Two Popes. What, what, what's so funny about Jonathan Price? There's just the two popes coming in at the last minute and like taking a bunch of nominations. Like it was the same with Golden Globes too. I admittedly haven't seen the the two popes yet, but uh, it's uh, I remember when you're uh, covering this this morning, uh, Chris was particularly angry that Jonathan Price came in and uh, took De Niro's spot for oh, the yeah. Irishman. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, they're eating they're eating Oscar nominations like pizza. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, this is one category. I think even you guys that you know you didn't you have a distaste for Joker. You have to admit, Joaquin Phoenix earned his place on this this you know this slot, right? Yeah, I yeah. I, I would argue that this and the score uh, are the two Oscars that it actually deserved to be nominated for. Yeah, that's the one. This is the one nomination that I'm okay with Joker having because Joaquin Phoenix, I think, is one of the best gen- uh, actors of the generation. Although I do think he should have gotten this awards buzz for his role in You're Never Really Here, where he's basically playing the same thing. But <laughs> I'm fine with this nomination. 
there, there's a couple comedic actors uh, who who were kind of snubbed here. Brad, uh, do you are you upset that uh, Eddie Murphy did not make it? Um, I'm not quite as upset about Eddie Murphy not making it. I think that Dolomite is my name is a fantastic career comeback for him. It's easily the best movie he's made uh, in in at least a decade, if not more. It's an outstanding performance, but it's also not surprising because the Academy typically doesn't recognize a lot of comedic performances. It is extremely rare that they consider comedy to be on the same plane of existence as drama, which is ridiculous to me because comedy is equally as hard as drama, if not more so, because of how sensitive people's sensitive humors and proclivities are in that way. Um, but I would have anticipated that the movie might have gotten a little bit more attention simply because it is about the power of filmmaking and kind of tips uh, tips its hand into what the Academy usually does like in those kinds of movies. But there are just too many other... Uh, powerful dramatic performances it seemed uh unfortunately it's it's also not about old white people so that is true um (laughs) unfortunately one of those other performances uh that was a dramatic one that didn't make it because of jonathan price and the two popes was adam sandler for uncut gems and that's a real disappointment because man he this performance of his was fantastic uh it's probably the best of his career so far um he had tons of awards buzz going into this and he was so excited about it he even started wearing not sweatpants and shorts to events, started, started wearing suits and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, so it was a real bummer that he didn't he didn't get nominated. Uh, but I guess to kind of save the day, he, he did have an, uh, a really uh, amusing and cute tweet about uh, referencing Waterboy because being excited that his mama, Kathy Bates, got an Oscar nomination and she had a really funny response to, to him as well. Yeah, that was funny. I saw that. Um, another, I, I guess for this category, like if we're in the lifeboat, I guess the two popes, uh, Jonathan Price is getting thrown overboard, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and actually, I know you wanted uh, Rocket Man for this category. Yeah, this is a nomination that is a, a real absence because of how Taron Edgerton really represented at the Golden Globes. He was campaigning so hard during this past year for his role in Rocket Man. And it's a, a big slight, especially after last year, uh, Rami Malik <laughs> won for uh, his role in Bohemian Rhapsody, doing basically the same thing, but in a lesser movie and with a, a lesser performance. I guess I think he would could argue because Taron Egerton just does so much as Elton John in Rocket Man. He you know does all of his own singing and he does more than just uh, give an impression of the character he's embodying. And uh, but you know you know the Oscars they just love their impressions and their prosthetics. So uh, it's uh, it's probably why he didn't get the nomination. But uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to him because it's just funny to me that Rami Malek won for a role just last year that Taron Egerton uh, did so much better at with uh, Rocket Man. Now, do we just assume that that Joaquin Phoenix has this or is yeah. there a possible upset? No, it sounds like there's no upset. Okay. I oh, think yeah. it's I think it's Joaquin. Um, I do want to give a shout out though to Antonio Banderas who I'm, I'm so happy got a nomination uh, for Pain and Glory. He just gives a career best performance in this film. It's so uh hurt and painful and regretful and it's all very uh quietly done and um but you know uh, i i'm okay with joaquin with the joker because it's also a much louder performance as the ones that the oscars like to reward yeah okay best actress we have cynthia arrivio arrivio 
Is that how you Arivo. Arivo? Sorry. Cynthia Arivo. Uh, for Harriet, we have Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story. We have Saoirse Ronan for Little Women. We have Charlize Theron for Bombshell. And we have Renee Zellwinger for Judy. So I guess uh, who? What is the, what are the big snubs here, Brad? Uh, well, Lupita Nyong'o uh, for us, both our collective group and for the movie us. Um, she <laughs> she gives uh, an incredible performance in Jordan Peele's movie, um, mostly because she delivers two extremely different performances. Uh, she puts on this extremely uh, croaky and creepy voice to play Red, uh, who is one of the tethered. And it's it's not just her voice either, but it's her facial expressions and her uh, her physical presence, just the way she moves. It's all very unsettling and scary. And then she plays the um uh, the the matriarch of the family who gets terrorized in us as well. And there's a certain nuance to that performance based on the twist of the movie. And even though it's been a while since it was released, I won't say it here just in case there's some people who haven't seen it yet and might see it now for whatever reason. Um, but because of that, I think that this performance especially deserves, uh, a nomination and it's really disappointing that she didn't get one. And us as a film was completely snubbed, which is insane. Yeah. I didn't even get a screenplay nomination or, or anything like that, which, which is, uh, upsetting, but, but the movie did come out back in, in February and granted the same thing happened with get out, but sometimes movies that get released that early often, uh, don't get it's noticed by the Academy. I think it should also be noted that um, the one actress of color who's been nominated for Best Actress is Cynthia Revo for Harriet. And a lot of people have been talking on Twitter about how um, the Academy likes to award black actors or actresses for films that generally are, you know, slave roles or something that is kind of what's expected of like <laughs> of black actors. But Lupita Nyong'o gives such a dynamic and compelling performance in a film where she's not, it's from black directors, black filmmakers and black actors. And it's something that like takes, uh, breaks that status quo that we've often see of what you know, are, are considered award-worthy in black performances. And while Cynthia Revo is good in Harriet, which is a not a great movie, um, <laughs> I really think that, like, the the black performance of the year that, like, Lupita, uh, is Lupita Nyong'o, who gives, like, such a great, challenging performance. Um, and, yeah, it's um, it seems like the award to Cynthia Revo too, just felt like that diversity nod. They're like, oh, we have to get, a, a person of color in here, so we'll give it to the one role <laughs> of a slave, and uh, it just feels so demeaning in that in that regard. Uh, the other snub here and everything is the farewell. Yeah, this is a huge snub. The farewell got completely shut out. Uh, we talked before about how it didn't get a best picture nomination. Lulu Wang, also a, a fantastic director, could have you know broken up the sausage fest monotony of direct of the best director category. Didn't get a nod. Uh, no original screenplay nod either, which is baffling because it's a fantastic screenplay based off of uh, Lulu Wang's own life. And um, Aquafina, who won the Golden Globe for uh, Best Actress in a Musical or Comedy, uh, hasn't even been nominated for Best Actress. And that is a huge um, uh, loss on the, the Oscars part. It would have been a chance for the Oscar to give their the second Asian American uh, not ever nomination for uh, Best Actress. Um, the first nomination was Merle Oberon uh, in 1935 in The Dark Angel. And Aquafina would have been the second Asian American... Uh, 
actress of Asian descent to be nominated for Best Actress. And uh, it's uh, it just seems so yeah. typical, this actress, uh, um, you know, a category. And uh, I, I'm going to gonna insult again the whole, like, Oscars <laughs> really love a good impression. And, you know, Charlize Theron in Bombshell is uh, just basically doing a Megyn Kelly impression in an SNL skit. And the prosthetics are doing the most of the work. And actually preventing a lot of her work. A lot of the time, it feels like her facial expressions are are hindered by those prosthetics. So, the fact that she's here at all—if this was her life vote, I would toss her. <laughs> uh, so, who's going to win this category? I mean, I admittedly, this is the category I've seen the least amount of films from. I've only seen *Marriage Story*. I like Scarlett Johansson, but I, I imagine that probably someone else on this list is better than her here. What, what do you think, HD? I actually think that it would be Scarlett Johansson. Oh, really? Okay. Story. Yeah. I mean, Renee Zellweger has been getting a lot of buzz for Judy, but also no one has seen Judy. Uh, but it is also like the most typical sort of Oscar film, the biopic, the impression again. Um, and people have been applauding her for that performance all year, but I don't think it's getting like enough eyes on it i but i think marriage story scarlett johansson with like the two punch two of her two uh actress and best supporting actress nominations she possibly could get that win brad who's gonna take this one no i agree with pretty much everything that hg said i think it'll probably end up being scarlett johansson as well okay we can't go through the entire list of nominations because there's so many categories and like the oscars it would take like four hours or something like that but we do do have a link to that in the show notes so if you want to see the full list of nominations you can see that there we also have a list of snubs and surprises it's not all bad guys like sometimes we're surprised and happy for things that were unexpected uh yeah so you can you can go there and check those out but uh really quickly brad uh what is a, a snub from that list that you'd like to highlight uh let's see well one of the i think uh one of the more surprising ones is that frozen 2 didn't get nominated for best animated feature uh frozen won the academy award for best animated feature back in 2014 uh and it was a big hit you would have thought it would have made it but it didn't get nominated at all which i'm sure is pretty disappointing for disney granted they still got a nomination uh for toy story but i bet disney was would have been a little bit more happy if Frozen got it since that's actually Walt Disney Animation Studios. And personally, I actually think Frozen 2 is better than the first one, and I wouldn't have minded if it got a nomination. I disagree there, but it's beautiful. Uh, we should say, uh, I'll say really quick, best animated film category is How to Train Your Dragon 3, I Lost My Body, Claws, Missing Link, and Toy Story 4. And I know there's an animated film there that was missing that you were really hoping for, HD. Yeah, uh, Weathering With You, which is the new film by Mokoto Shinkai, who directed uh, the 2016 hit Your Name, uh, got completely snubbed from Best Animated Feature. This was actually the film that Japan nominated for their Best International Film category, which is the first time they've done that for an anime film since 1997's Princess Mononoke. So they were definitely like putting all their eggs in their basket with Weathering With You, but it didn't get that International Film nomination nor did it get that best animated film uh, nod either, despite uh, the critical raves around it and Shinkai being sort of lauded as the next Hayao Miyazaki. So um, it's it seems, and G-Kids too did put a little bit of a, a campaign into it by putting an Oscar qualifying run, but they're a bit of a smaller studio, so probably couldn't uh, campaign for it as much. But uh, yeah, it's, it's coming out in theaters and wide this uh, week actually, um, but it's uh, it seems like it's it lost out on all the Oscar buzz that could have gotten. 
we'll, we'll leave this off with one more snub. Uh, Brad, give us one. Uh, yeah, so Parasite did get a number of Oscar nominations, uh, but Song Kang-ho did not get a nomination for Best Actor. And he is the one cast member who probably deserved to have a breakout nomination in the cast. Everybody in this movie is fantastic. Uh, but in particular, uh, he just, as the family's patriarch in this movie, he just gives an incredibly subtle performance of somebody who is just on the verge of either having a breakdown or just getting pissed off, you know, with everybody. And like, there's just this subtle, uh, expression of pain and desperation on his face whenever he is, you know, mistreated or disregarded as just, you know, somebody who doesn't matter, but, you know, by, uh, the rich family at the center of the story. And, uh, he's, I just think that he's outstanding in this movie and the fact that he didn't get a nomination, obviously because the Academy again continues to ignore a lot of performances, uh, of, of people and, uh, actors of color that he did, doesn't get to run with a lot of the other big performers this year. Okay. That brings us to the end of today's Slash Film Daily. You can find more of all of our work at SlashFilm.com. You can find links to the two stories we mentioned on today's podcast uh, there as well. You can find this podcast, Slash Film Daily, post every weekday on iTunes, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send us your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at peter at SlashFilm.com. And rate and read this podcast on iTunes. Tell your friends, spread the word, and we'll see you tomorrow.